Hello there, and welcome to my corner. I want to start off by telling you guys about a really cool podcast, The Angry Dad Podcast. It's about one mad dad who speaks his mind about everything that pisses him off. And let me tell you something about it. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. And the way he gets into his fiery rants is definitely something that you would probably relate to on a lot of the topics he covers. He has a way to get you riled up as well with him. But then he also gives you some motivational advice. And again, he doesn't sugarcoat it. But it is positive, and he is pretty funny. So you guys should check him out. I'll make sure to throw that link in the show notes. Today, I'm going to respond to an email I got from Ben, from the Angry Dad podcast. He always wondered why people crave ice-cold drinks. Like, when did it start? Or why a cold glass of lemonade is just better when paired with ice on a hot summer day. Whether you want to cool down during a heat wave, or you just want to enjoy sipping your favorite iced coffee in the morning for that extra boost to the day, it's no surprise that Americans lead the world in ice consumption. For decades, Americans have gone a little, shall we say, overboard on ice. But in the 19th century, ice beverages were a luxury, reserved only for the rich. But in the land of opportunity, we have so much ice, we could sell it to the rest of the world. And we're still ballers when it comes to ice. Europeans are regularly gobsmacked by how much ice Americans shovel into their drinks, while American tourists marvel at the paltry one or two cubes they'll receive in their sodas across the pond. So how much did America's love affair with ice first solidify? On the banks of Walden Pond, many ancient civilizations had harvested ice in the winter for the use in the summer, but no one did it as ambitiously as the Americans. The workmen hauling the ice from Walden were employed by a Frederick Ice King Tudor, a Boston native whose ice harvesting businesses made him one of the nation's earliest millionaires. He launched operations in 1806 after his brother commented that he would probably earn a fortune shipping ice from New England to the warmer Caribbean where it could be used to preserve food and medicine. Tudor's early efforts were disastrous with most of his profits melting both literally and figuratively in the heat. But better storage and harvesting techniques like sawdust instead of straw for insulation and horse-drawn ice plows instead of hand tools for harvesting eventually minimized his losses and created profits. In an effort to expand his business in the tropics, Tudor began suggesting people use ice not only to preserve food or medicine, but also, wait for it, chill their drinks. Like any gifted dealer, he would first give it away for free, and then charge once his customers were hooked. When people got used to cold drinks, they could never be presented with the warm again. As ice grew more important to daily life, newspapers covered the ice trade closely. They warned of ice famines whenever winters were unreasonably warm and ice harvesters would respond by sailing to the Arctic and chopping off icebergs. People needed their ice. It was no longer a luxury but a virtual necessity. In order to ensure a steady supply, people began looking for ways to manufacture the commodity instead of harvesting it. Techniques involving mixtures of salts and mineral acids, followed by scientists successfully creating ice with machines in the 18th century, these methods were prohibitively expensive and didn't make particularly good ice. It was no match for the cold, dense blocks pulled from New England lakes and rivers. Artificial ice was really only used when natural ice was hard to get, like in the American South during the Civil War, or in places where people were worried about pollution. 
Nevertheless, just as the technology used to harvest natural ice improved over time, so did the artificial ice making. The biggest shift happened when the ice production moved into the home. Although nobody knows who invented the modern ice cube tray, the physician John Corey created the refrigerator that produced small ice cubes as early as 1844. Another fun fact is why does drinking cold water feel more refreshing than drinking warm or hot water? One reason is because cold water stimulates the nerves on the top of your mouth more than hot water and causes you to feel it more. Also, if you're thirsty, your body associates cold liquids to be fresher than warm water and causes you to feel more sensations. Therefore, it makes it taste better and more refreshing. And the benefits of cold water help trigger a flood of mood-boosting neurotransmitters, which make you feel happy. So next time you feel down, just grab a glass and chill out. And that's my fun fact. Thanks for walking over.